Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. Hey everyone, it's Kelsey and Jeff, and we are here to tell you a bit about our partner Anchor. We know that you're a fan of this podcast and maybe you thought, hey, I want to make a podcast too. Well, we have great news for you guys. We want to tell you all about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast for a few reasons, but to start out, it's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Plus, you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do it, you guys, and enjoy the show. I'm on a journey to get better, and I want to do it with you. And I'm not just focusing on physical health. I'm focusing on everything, emotional wellness, spirituality, finances, relationships, and so much more. Every week, it will be my personal goal to bring us, the world's leading healers, experts, and game changers, to share groundbreaking secrets and tips to getting better in all areas of life. Getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when we can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Manu. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. It is June 3rd, 2020. And when you know better, you get better. That's what we're doing here every day on this show. Um, And yesterday we observed Blackout Tuesday, so we weren't with you, but we're back today. And we have uh, an entire show for you. We are going to be featuring my friend, Uh, I will call him a renaissance man because I think that is the best way to put him, even though we have a long laundry list of his expertise, whether it's uh, cybersecurity, tech. uh, He's also a former Marine, a passionate social justice advocate, Krav Maga expert, guitar expert. I mean, he's Japanese expert. He's everything. AJ is everything. He's been on the show many times. Uh, my friend AJ Joe Lovett is here today with us, and we're going to talk all about, of course, the current events and where we're at in this world uh, today on June 3rd. But we'll start with our quote of the day. We must always take sides. Neutrality helps the oppressor, never the victim. Silence encourages the tormentor, never the tormented. And that is from Holocaust survivor Ellie Weasel. As I said, thank you guys for joining us today today. 
and every day. Um, if you haven't become a member of Patreon, please join us. We have really great shows there. You can just click the link in the summary. Um, we're up a new show up today as well for you guys. Um, and uh, yeah, let's get to it. AJ, how are you? Hey, Maria. How are you doing? Can you hear me okay? I can. I can. Um, we spoke over the weekend when I was a bawling mess. Um, where are you at today? How are you feeling about where things are here on June 3rd at 11 a.m.? So my, my personal opinion, um, you know, mostly just speaking for myself, is that we there's a there's a process that this goes through um being in the field of war and on a, on a battlefield of war and seeing similar things play out in other countries there's a process that it goes through where america should start to become a much different and that is our community should right about now be pretty much fed up and then they will start to prevent some of the negativity that goes on that the police are having um to deal with as well and i think that will start to make it slow down dramatically so when the community steps out to help protect the rest of the community, then I think it will be a dramatic steep drop off of a lot of the unnecessarily unnecessary violence. Yeah, I did see. I mean, it was bringing me to tears. I, I saw um, it was two days ago on Monday. Um, they were looting the Walgreens in Van Nuys. And I used to live right by there. That was my mm. my Walgreens that I used to go to. And uh, the looters came in, the police stopped them. The second the police left, the looters came back. But then a lot of the peaceful protesters got out in front and said, no, stay out of here. Um, and, you know, you see George Floyd's brother come out and and speak so passionately that George would never want this and that this isn't the way. And so, yeah, I, I feel the same thing. I feel like the message is getting out. And, you know, I think last night was our first peaceful evening i mean i didn't hear of anything actually i did hear of something did you guys hear this that they they and i i don't remember where it was it was in the middle of the night i woke up and i just looked at my phone to see what was happening but apparently a 13 year old or some young person was shot 19 times wow you know it's did fun you guys catch that anywhere I don't know. No, if I, I don't. I don't know about that one. So I maybe to, that was old. So sometimes old things are being recirculated as new, and maybe that's why it hasn't caught on. Maybe it wasn't the right thing, but it did seem, for the most part, a peaceful night, right? Well, compared to the other nights, yes. Yeah. So this looks. Yeah, like- and I, I think we should hope to see more of that peaceful thing, um, and that that peaceful behavior from being spurred on by the community because the community will get fed up. That's that's one of the things that's different about America. And that is, generally speaking, and definitely before a lot of this divide, which I hope we'll talk about in a little bit, an American will run to save and another Amer- another American, no matter what, without any questions. It's like the nature of America. Um, and you can trust me when I say that. It's not the way it is everywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. It's really not. So you, America has a unique place how the Americans feel about other Americans. Um, it used to be that um, just Ameri- being an American alone meant that you were safer in the world. That started to change when I served um, because the perception of America started to change. So we became less safe just being an American than we were before. But 
It's still in America, though. Americans run to the aid of other Americans. And that type of behavior, which makes America very special, is the same thing that will keep us safe in the long run, as long as we can um, close the divide. Yeah, I, I, I hope we... I hope we can. I mean, that was one of the things you said to me that stuck with me so much this weekend is, you know, that everyone's trying to divide and we need to stay together. And I remember um, I posted about it and and it's really stuck with me, Um, you know, especially, you know, and I stay out of politics, but politics have become so so dividing and um and so it's 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 us against them in politics and it's it's uh it's been a bad scenario for us for so long you know yeah it has become deep-rooted but like like you know we talked about this the oldest trick in the war book is divide and conquer it's the oldest one it's like it's probably on page one right (laughs) so um our country, a divide is, is okay because we have to be back and forth. We can't all be on the same time, same side. We can't always be thinking about the same things. It's important for us to... When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. Communicate with people who don't think like us. So that part's okay. But the country completely divided in this aspect, the longer it takes for us to get together and the longer we're divided, and of course, this is my opinion, but it's based on on my experience, there'll be more blood in the water, okay? So the longer the divide, the more spread apart we are, there's more Mm -hmm. blood in the water. And when there's blood in the water, the sharks will come. The sharks are other countries, other countries that do not have our best interest at heart. And I'm not going to name them because you should be able to figure out who they are, but that is the main reason to heal the divide. Yes, absolutely. We, I don't almost, I care about this situation a lot. But if this is the thing that makes us closer, divide better for us for it, because we cannot stay divided, it puts our entire livelihood and our country, our economics, everything at risk because we're vulnerable that way. Yeah. Yeah. That was the other thing. You were like, we're so vulnerable. Um, Did it, did it make you feel a certain way to see how global this has gone? Actually, yeah. So, my, I, you know, I have, I have my daughters and um, my, my middle daughter, Ariane, she's very much so an activist. My older daughter, she's a counselor, um, Brittany. And the, the thing I had, because I had to talk to them, they had got to a point where they were just in pain and the, the, the emotional pain started to be physical pain. I had to try to go talk to them. 
And um, fortunately, one of the things I told them was that, unfortunately, there's nothing new for us to see here. Us people of color, we've, we've seen this type of thing before. But the, the, the light of hope I told them is, the, the thing that's different is everyone, the same people who are using social media and things like that to coordinate where they're looting, that's the same social media platform that exists for them to coordinate getting together. And, and their, uh, their generation is doing something the other generations could not. They're coordinating worldwide mm. because of the speed of information that's available to them that wasn't available to us other generations before us. And they are very good at using it to, to demonstrate, to connect, and to um, spread the information very quickly. Now, sure, there's lots of information spread that's not the best, yeah. but that is actually provides hope because as this whole thing, the violent piece and the ridiculous stuff starts to fade away, their communication should continue. So they'll be able to continue that message the same way they're doing it now. And now they're, now they're, they're very aware. And they'll stay aware. It won't fade off into the background so easily with them being connected like that. Yeah. And then that's that's very inspiring. That's good news to me. And it was good news to them too. And it kind of gives you a different perspective as for some hope because we need hope. Yeah. Well, I feel like I've I've been riding different emotions throughout. And last night someone texted me um, – my friend texted me a video of the Boston Police Department – all taking a knee with the protesters mm. there and i got so emotional and i got so excited i don't know if we have that video or that picture do we have that steven i don't know if we have boston but i will find there it right go. now we have no, miami. That was, miami oh that's miami but it was a similar scene in boston yeah, and yep. and as i started to see the officers across the country joining whether it was walking kneeling talking to people hugging people we have beautiful pictures of um of people hugging like i'm sure are you able to see this media um aj yeah i can see it. i have it here on my other yeah. technology i was I, I went to bed after i saw that last piece i went to bed and i i you know i could be totally um naive i could be too much of a wishful thinker too positive but i had this feeling that was really deep and you know when you feel like you're just on the edge, like I felt like we were on the edge of like, I think we could make a difference now. <laughs> like, I think, holy shit, this might be the moment that we are living in that will make a major change come. I don't know if you felt like that, but I felt like that when I went to bed last night and I woke up a lot more hopeful today and... Um, it was probably my first day getting through a meditation in a while because I just felt like I had a Mack truck on my chest and my heart. Yeah. Um, but seeing that made such an impact on me because when you see the people that, you know, we don't want to paint all cops with, you know, you know, one swipe. They're not all bad, right? No group mm. is all bad, whether it's people a profession or whatever there's always bad apples in the groups you know that make make um make a bad name yeah, for people I, but to I see them that. to see them all kneeling it just it was a nice show whether it was so, real or not i don't know <laughs> well i i can tell you of course being a martial artist and a former a marine that's from that was active and haven't been active for a while i have 
um, lots of uh, officers and, and people who serve either in the fire department or sheriff department, police departments that are friends and that I train with. And so I can guarantee you they're not all bad. But Chris Rock says something very interesting, and I think it's kind of true, is that some professions can't deal with some bad apples. Like you, you can't have some pilots that crash sometimes. <laughs> like they all got to be good. Good point. Right? So, and it is the case with the police. We, they really need to have a very good system for weeding out the ones that are not good. Yep. And it's okay that there are some bad apples, as long as the bad apples are always on the way out. Yeah. You can't have surgeons who are killing people. You're right. (laughs) We can't allow any bad apples to stay in. So, yeah, granted, you know, no process is perfect, but it should always strive towards perfection. And I don't think that any of the police departments really have been striving towards perfection. And hopefully they will strive towards perfection now. Granted, I don't we we can't expect perfection. I get that. Right. But that should still be the goal even if it is unattainable. Yeah, well, I kind of, one of the days I was talking to Kevin about this, I said, Kevin, you know, they're protecting their own like the church was protecting their own. The, you know, the Catholic church has yeah, a lot, had a lot of issues and they protected their priests as they committed the most heinous life-changing crimes. And so it's kind of, it's, um, it to me, if it was like something that, I could compare it to and it's horrible and you're right that's that's what I think you know Atlanta is starting to do is they're firing police officers I I saw there were a few um, a few firings of of Atlanta cops that had um, used aggressive force or whatever it was in in the protest Mm -hmm. I think they're taking a no tolerance policy Um, Jeff remind me there was somebody else too was oh in Louisville you know they they um after that killing of that chef in uh, in uh, Louisville, I'm pretty sure um, they fired that police officer, right, Jeff? Yeah, I saw that, and um, that was that was recently the guy who was shot protesting. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah he was unarmed, and and so I feel like this is forcing them to do something that they should have been doing all along, is having a no tolerance policy. Um, so. Yeah, and, and well, well, okay. So again, I train people for this type of thing, right? Um, and that is the real issue. They the officers um, get tons, hundreds of hours of training to shoot and defend, and they get like maybe an hour worth of training on how to defuse the situation, right? So it's you have to actually teach them how to not do that, right? You have to reduce the fear. People are, it's, it's, it's kind of like someone asked me recently, um, and I was in a meeting, um, a Zoom meeting, of course, and they, they asked me because I have a military background and I, I work with, with law enforcement, and the, the question is, okay, well, how's it, how's it going to stop? How, how are we going to prevent it? And the, the only way you prevent it is education. Yeah. You have to give them a different set of tools. So if you bring the National Guard out, okay, great. So we bring the National Guard and we put them in different places. What are the tools that they have? Okay. Okay. So they have uh, they have guns. Okay, great. Um, they have bats. They have batons. Okay, great. They have cars. What have you trained them to do? Well, you've trained them to defend the country. You've tra- have you have you taught the National Guard how to defuse a situation with a civilian? 
Well, they don't have that tool. So then you can't expect them to, to, to actually use a tool that they actually don't have. Yeah. So when you bring in people like that, and that's okay because the National Guard is there for a good reason, but they are there to back up the police force for manpower, right? Because the person you're talking about, um, he was actually killed by National Guardmen, I believe. He wasn't killed, shot by a police officer. I didn't, yeah, I don't remember. The, the chef. Yeah. They're all blending so now. There's so much in my head. <laughs> yeah. So, so again, so same with the police. If you can't, you, if, if, if I put you in the kitchen, Maria, and I tell you, I want you to kick me, cook me a steak, and I love the way you cook anyway, and I, instead of bringing you a frying pan, I bring you a, a, a helmet that we use when we do a flak jacket, so a military helmet, and instead of a spatula, I bring you a hammer, and I give you the steak, and I put you in front of the stove, and I say, great, can you make me a steak? You're going to be like. <laughs> yeah. So you do the same thing. You put them to defend the the country or you put them to defend civilian and you hand them these tools and you say, OK, now be peaceful. You're like, I don't have any training on, on peaceful, but I can hit him with this baton if he comes close to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even I know in in Krav Maga and you're you know, an expert in Krav Maga, you're, you're not taught to, you're taught to not use it unless you absolutely have to, right? Like you, you know, the wording better than I do, but. Yeah. So it's, we, the best, the best Krav Maga is run Maga, right? So we do Krav Maga (laughs) so that we can get away. We don't do Krav Maga so we continue to engage. If you want to hear a little bit of story, and I don't know how much time you have to listen to me talk, Maria. We I have really plenty don't. of time. But I will tell you why I, I do martial arts at all. And then you'll get it. It's about the tools. When I got out of the Marine Corps, well, I didn't get out. I was actually just coming off of active duty. I was still in reserves. Um, I was working in Los Angeles. I'll make it short. I was working in Los Angeles, and I people were very hostile towards me. And I would get into altercations just going to get lunch. And I realized then as I ran through the scenarios of how I was going to defend myself, though, every time someone was dead, I was a Marine straight out of war. I didn't know anything other than Marines are taught to kill or die killing. That's it. That's all they're taught. I realized that I had a, a huge gap. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past. But as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. So I went looking for a way to fix it. So I took Aikido. Aikido is all about moving your opponent's energy away from you and using it against them, and it has zero attacks. So I took Aikido for two years, and that fixed it. I gave myself another set of tools. Wow. 
And once I did that, I did it for just two years. Once I gave myself something else, I can't overwrite what I already know. I learned that when I took my black belt test for Krav Maga. But so I can't, I can't undo what I already know, but I can give myself additional tools. And then, so then I said, okay, well, then I went, I went to Iraq in 2008 with the Department of Defense. Okay, I need another set of tools. I started taking Krav Maga. And that's the key. People are not going to be able to do anything beyond what they're trained to do in times of stress. Yeah. That is how that works. That's why you train it so that when the stressful point comes and your body just moves, it moves in a way it was trained and it was moved to, to be peaceful. It was moved to subdue. It was not moved to draw and shoot when there's no need to draw and shoot. You have to train it out of them. Yeah. Yeah, because if your instinct as a Marine is to kill, right? If someone on, you know, Ventura Boulevard comes at you, then that's your training. Someone's coming at me. I need to, you know, I need to protect myself. But if you have another set of tools, your instinct will kick in and know, well, it's not that kind of threat. I'm not in war. I'm not in Iraq right now. I can use this set of tools right now. So that's correct. It's exactly the case. And that's what we train in martial arts. Yeah. And so I, one of the reasons I'm a multi-martial artist is for the same reason. So I train Krav Maga. Oh, crap, that's not enough if someone attacks me with a knife. I train Kali. Oh, that's not enough if someone takes me to the ground. I train Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu because I need tools, right? I need the training in order for me to do something because you ever seen a situation where some, there's two scenarios that you'll get? One scenario is you got the person that just froze, right? And then you got the other person that goes, oh, and they're safe and they're like, this person is, is, is subdued. They're like, I, I don't know what happened. In both of those scenarios, those people use their instincts. Yeah. Except one of their instincts had training. The other had nothing. So you don't use your brain in emergency situations. Your instincts, your, your second brain, your spinal cord, and your muscle memory, that's what moves. That's why you won't remember what happened necessarily. But if you have nothing in there, you freeze. Mm-hmm. But if the thing you had been there is draw and shoot, that's what you do. Yeah. AJ, I have a similar question while we're talking about um, just law enforcement and reform. I would guess, and I don't know, and maybe you can speak to this, that cops are generally underpaid. And I'm wondering, like, if we were to reorient the system, it's, you know, I'm seeing people call for defunding of law enforcement right now. And I would think it'd be the opposite. If anything, we need to create more funding and honor around the job of law enforcement to get all the good apples in there and sort of get the bad apples out. I mean, I don't think that's, I don't know what the pay structure is for officers, but I can tell you that money is useful when you use it in a useful way. So if you bring in the money and ensure having more money may attract a different breed of officer and may not, um, but if you bring in more money and you if you don't defund them and which is an option, if you actually fund them in specific places, like I said, fund them for training, fund them for, for town halls, required required town halls with the community, um, funding joint training with the community and police officers. And if you fund them for that and then constant reviews and like they said, um, opening opening up their, their case files so that it's for public review. If you put the funding to solve those type of problems as well as increase the necessary salaries, sure. But just throwing money at it in general, eh, not so much. Yeah. It's, um, it's my opinion, of course. I'm, I'm not an expert. It's something that we've talked about on the show before with Evie Pomporis as well. She's um, former Secret Service, protected the president's 
Um, you would love her, AJ. I need to introduce you guys. She's like mm. f- five feet tall on her best day. Blonde. Oh, she's Brittany. Blonde Greek girl. And, um, and you know, she's, tr- you know, very well trained, obviously protected the presidents. And she wrote this book called Bulletproof. And, uh, and she's always told me when we've had these shootings, she said that they don't have at local law enforcement, the level of training that they need to, to handle these situations properly. That's right. I I will tell you though, that their fears seem to be pretty much unjustified because, and this is why I say this, because if the, if the fear is when they're trying to arrest a person, a large person, maybe a large black person, I say that specifically because George Ford was a large black person and I too, at six foot one, 229 pounds, is also a very large black person. If the fear of them um, being harmed or shot or killed when they're trying to arrest them, then where are the cases of that actually happening? <laughs> Where are the cases of of officers attempting to arrest someone and the officer died in the process because the other person was resisting arrest and killed them? And yeah. that's not something that really happens very often. At least I don't think so. And I don't have any news reports, but hey, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we can pull up those statistics and see that actually that happens every time a black person has been killed, which I have a whole list of that. That has happened too. But yeah, no. And another thing that is is interesting about that is when you get the community of people say, well, he resisted arrest. So if he resisted arrest, then he should be, that's what happens. And I say this, resisting arrest is apparently against the law. Yes? Okay, great. Well, the law also gives due process. So resisting arrest isn't a crime punishable by death. So I'm pretty sure if he resisted arrest and they took him in and they put him in front of the judge and he got judged by his peers, he wouldn't be assigned to death. But let's say he did get the death penalty for that. Well, he still actually gets to go to prison and get a couple appeals and gets to sit on death row and then gets to get a judge to try to say, you know what, maybe he doesn't deserve. So even then, yeah, there's a process for that. So so if you're going to say the law, the law says you can't resist arrest, but the law also says that he needs to be processed if he did. Yeah. That particular crime isn't the death penalty. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I feel like... Um... It's if I was being arrested for no reason, I would I I would be bullshit and screaming and yelling and appearing to resist. Probably. I mean, I've never been arrested, but I'd be like, what the F? What are you doing? You know, am I going to get shot because of that? I mean, I wouldn't be afraid of that because I'm white and I'm a girl. Um, But that's that's, that's not the case for um for your daughters i'm getting the amber i'm getting the amber alert right now that there's going to be a curfew in uh long beach at 9 p.m apparently Um, so yeah let me address it like this so i also have never been arrested in the united states i was arrested in the when i was on an air force base because air force aren't that happy with marines but (laughs) but i've been stopped many times and I'll give you one scenario when I'll stop. Maria, you you know where I live. So I was around the corner from my house, um, and I used to drive luxury cars. I used to drive Lexus, BMW. I stopped doing that because of this type of reason. I got stopped all the time. So the officer pulled me over, and he asked me – the first thing he asked me when he walked to my, well, my, my um, window, um, he says, hey, 
does your parole officer know you're out here? That was the very first question. Now, mind you, I was I was at the corner of my house. My house was three houses over to the left. If I make the left, I pull into my into my driveway. But he, that was the first question he asked me. He says, does your parole officer know you're out here? Now, me, being a Marine, and have been trained my entire life by my mother, my aunts, my friends, on how to respond and behave with officers, I was very calm, I was polite, made sure my hands could be seen, and I said, well, officer, I've never been arrested, um, except for that time when I was on an Air Force base in Marine Corps, but that was because Marine, Air Force don't like Marines, but, um, so I don't actually have a parole officer, so, 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 um, but I'm just close to my house. And so that was my response. It was a very formulated, clear response, based on my experience and understanding of how to deal with that situation because I've been trained. I've been trained since I was a little boy by my mom on how to deal with these things. And he said, okay. Now, if you check my response, I let him know I hadn't been arrested. I let him know that I was a Marine, so I've served in the military, which officers tend to respect. And I let him know that I was around the corner from my house. And I I gave all the information he needed in my response. He went away, did whatever he wanted, Check my thing. He said, look, I don't want to make you out of be a bad guy. Clearly you're not. Um, your, your front headlight is out. You're free to go. And he let me go. There you go. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. That's normal for me. So I stopped driving. Yeah. You may remember me. I started driving that Ford. I had yeah. Ford Fusion, Ford C-Max. I gave up sports cars and luxury cars because that started to get old. Um, By the way, I haven't been stopped in my Ford. <laughs> Unfreaking believable. And that's it's true, though. This is the thing that um, is so hard for people to understand, right? And so I had posted early on and I got so much hate on my post. They're like, all lives matter, this and that. And I, and I had to like, I never give, I never voice back to people like that for the most part, because I'm just like, I I can't with the ignorance, but in this situation, I'm like, I have to. And so I was like, you don't know, like you have to have empathy for people who just being behind the wheel of their car, they have to worry about how they will be handled if they get pulled over and getting pulled over for no reason as well. Um, We don't have to worry about that. We get in our cars. I speed. I have no worries. I'm going to speed on through. I might get away with it because I'm a pretty girl, right? Other people don't have that privilege. And so when we say Black Lives Matter, it's obnoxious that we even have to say that 
But the reason we're saying it is because people aren't valuing black lives and they're not. No, that's the, that's the, that's the right answer. And they're not that's having correct. any understanding. You've got to put yourself in other people's shoes sometimes to understand what it's like. And so it's it's been such a frustrating process to watch. I don't know if you saw Seth Rogen. <laughs> Seth Rogen. Oh, my God. It, it quite possibly was the most brilliant post I've ever seen. So he's on Instagram, and I'm pretty sure he posted Black Lives Matter. Yeah, it was Black Lives Matter, just like I had done the day prior or whatever. And people were coming at him. All lives matter. The same stuff I was hearing, I started hearing from everybody else, right? At everybody else's mm-hmm. house. You know, white lives matter, too, and, blah, 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 and all this stuff. And Seth Rogen, I could just hear him in my head. He goes, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> he kept responding to everybody. Fuck you, too. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Don't follow me. Don't watch my movies. <laughs> That's funny. It was so cracking me up. Yeah, people people don't get that. There's a there's a, a little video going around the internet of a of a young girl, and I'll send it to you later. She's she's talking to herself. She's playing two parts. And one part she says, Hey, what are you gonna what are you doing? She says, I'm gonna go over here and help this to put out this fire. These people, their house is on fire. She says, Well, what about my house? She says, Well, is your is your house on fire? She's like, No. She says, Then we're gonna go help them. She says, But but my house is matters too. Does my house matter? It's like, yeah, your house matters, but but this house is actually on fire, so we're going to go help them because lives are in danger. She says, oh, all houses matter. And she's like, what? And she, but she's talking to herself. But that's a good analogy. Brilliant, right? yeah. So yeah. The, the, point, the point in that is, is yeah, the, but this one is the one that's in danger. So yeah. we're just going to focus a little bit here. For a while second. That one's still, <laughs> if it switches and all of a sudden your house catches on fire, we're, we're going to put both fires out. Yep. <laughs> Another great analogy I heard. It's a comic I love named Aparna Nancherla. She said, saying all lives matter is like showing up to a funeral and saying, but wait, it's my birthday. Can we celebrate me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I love it. That's also a good one. Yeah. But this is, but this is the sad part is, is like, this is the ignorance that we need to educate, right? That's why they need to hear this here right now from us explaining it to them right like there are moments where i'm explaining things to people and when i reference people they respect that have said that they actually stop and think a little bit and then sometimes it actually goes through um it's it's unbelievable to me for people to have no empathy when you see the fact that we literally met a man with a foot on his neck a knee on his neck watched him be murdered and you are saying white lives matter in this moment. The whole point is we're dealing with this issue. This happened. If we saw the opposite happening, well, we would have to deal with that. It's it's just unreal. So I agree, of course. But it's, we actually, this is a unique time because we actually have an example of, of it when it went really, really wrong when someone called the police on a black person for almost no reason because he was his $20 bill might have been counterfeit, which, by the way, he was probably given a $20 bill that was counterfeit. No one's out there, right? That's the, which happens all the time, and that's okay that, that that happens. We have a system for that, right? If you bring a counterfeit bill, bill that you got handed to the bank, they will give you a real one, and they'll take the counterfeit bill. That's the way that works. So it's not even an issue. But we also have the scenario where the young lady in, in Central Park 
was yelling at a, a, a black man and, and, and said, I'm going to call the police and I'm going to tell them that an African-American black man is threatening my life. By doing that, she's genuinely threatening his life mm-hmm. because of so so in that scenario, same thing. Someone called the police on a black person who wasn't necessarily doing anything wrong, and then the police show up, and it's and and then something goes wrong. So I want everyone, if anyone is is listening to me, the people who are calling the police on us for no reason are a huge problem, almost as big as the police themselves, because on the police, and I'm only saying this because it's the truth. If you call the police and tell them there's danger, they're going to come prepared for danger. Yep. Which probably means gun draw. Now, everybody has adrenaline. Everybody has danger, fight and flight. People are human. That doesn't excuse it. But if you call them and told them that there's danger. He's trying to kill me. Then like, well, I gotta come save you. Yep. That's my job. I'm here to protect. To use save you force. So the people who make these false calls or calls, they also should be penalized. I'm yeah. not saying they should be put in jail, but no. they should probably get fined. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Third problem. I'm sorry. It's like it's like if I pulled a fire alarm. I would be fined because I've now wasted the resources. Right. I've wasted the resources of the fire department, the police department, and everyone by lying and saying that there was an emergency. It's the same thing. A hundred percent agree. And I feel like, you know, I saw some things this morning circulating about, um, you know, new legislation and stuff. And so I, I am hopeful that these last nine days are creating the change that we want to see. I am glad to see that. You know, people, you know, despite the COVID crisis, like people are just laying that out and saying, we don't care. Now, hopefully, hopefully that doesn't now hurt the medical system and and our, you know, amazing nurses and doctors. And hopefully, you know, there's, you know, there was enough protections with masks on that we won't have Uh this crazy crisis. But people are laying their lives down in a in an even bigger way than before than ever in any protest um, to try to help and, and support the cause yeah so maria your your voice and your platform is very important and you using your platform to spread or give people a voice to be heard is 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 priceless so i'm going to ask you a favor yeah i didn't tell you because i didn't think about it until right now i would like to read some names can I do that? Yeah, of course. Eric Garner, July 17th, 2014. Michael Brown, August 9th, 2014. Kwame McDonald, October 20th, 2014. Tamir Rice, November 22nd, 2014. Walter Scott, April 4th, 2015. Freddie Gray, April 19th, 2015. Jamar Clark, November 15th, 2015. Alton Sterling, July 5th, 2016. Philando Castile, July 6th, 2016. Stephen Clark, March 18, 2018. Botham Jean, September 6, 2018. Brianna Taylor, March 13, 2020. George Floyd, Floyd, May 25, 2020. So we've said their names. It's a big deal, man. It, it sucks. I, I feel it. I do too. And as a war vet, I don't really feel much. I know. I, I have felt it. And... 
even when we talked this weekend, I was so sad. And I, we kept saying you have a platform. I just talked to another friend before, and Meredith, who's been on the show before. Meredith. <laughs> and she was like, Maria, you have a platform. You can help everybody. And I'm like, I don't yeah, know that's, how that's to help. Good. And I was like, such an emotional wreck. And then when you said it too, I'm like, wait, no, I have to be here. Because, you know, there's a side of me that just, you know, was so overwhelmed with everything. And I just... I just wanted to stay under the covers and cry. <laughs> and um, and I realized that I can't and we have to keep talking about it. And I think it was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. As a first time mom of the baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. <laughs> Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. Or who had written, you know, we have to get comfortable being uncomfortable and we have to have these discussions and we have to try to educate people and we have to stand united together and help each other because we are better together right mm -hmm. um and 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 make this change like i just you know I, I i told you when i see the fact that school shootings they just kept happening and you thought with sandy hook it was going to end and it didn't you know mm -hmm. you just keep getting number and number to all of this um even um george floyd's very good friend uh steven oh gosh i forget his last name he's a basketball player he said his wife sent him the video of george and he was like i just thought it was another another guy getting killed you know he was so numb to it and then he realized it was one of his very good friends steven jackson thank you steven um you know we can't get numb to this and no but but some of us are when i saw the video I went through several thoughts. The first thought was, oh, crap, hopefully he didn't die. Hopefully he did not die. Maybe they're just being mean. Hopefully he didn't die. And then, damn it, he's dead. Again. Crap. And it just because it just repeated. And then I started thinking about what in the world is this going to do for my kids? I know Brittany's going to be upset. Ariana's going to be furious. Poor Jay, she doesn't deserve this. We don't deserve this. Because they're going to be concerned about me. Yeah. And they always are. Because I fit the same description. Yep. I worry about you all the time. I've told you this. I think the same thing. Like, why? <sighs> Whatever. It's, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Of so course they're going to think that. That's, that's what we look at. And we're just, and, I, and, and it, it's, imagine how, how it's much as sucked to me when the, the thing I had to tell my daughters to, to calm them down was there's nothing new to see here for us. She, they're very upset and rightly so, but this has been going on for us all along so this is unfortunately status quo and they were upset well how come people don't get it they just don't get it and i'm like okay well don't be upset about that 
be look for the they don't even say always look for the helpers in an emergency. Look for the people who just got it that didn't get it before. And I said it's about fanning the flame. Don't try to start a flame. If someone doesn't get it now, and you're like, you need to get it, you need to get it. You got your little remember those little pumps to, to blow the air? Yeah. You're never going to get that fire started like that. Take and put that on the fire of someone that did get it. Fan that flame. Yeah. Right? And now that's that will spark. And then that will spread. So don't waste your time trying to get someone who don't doesn't get it to get it. If they don't get it, they're probably not going to get it right now. Maybe they'll get it later. No one's supposed to be yeah. beyond reprieve, right? So focus on the ones that did get it and tell them and tell them so they can spread. Because right. believe it or not, people of color, and let's just talk African-Americans in particular, since, you know, Black Lives Matter is the thing we're talking about. We're a very small portion of the population. There's really not that many of us. 14%, 13% in different cities, it varies, but there's not much of us, which is why the COVID thing, 50% of the people that died in COVID are black and people of color, but they represent 10% of the population is a problem. <laughs> that means it's mostly them dying. Mm -hmm. It's mostly us dying because, so there's a small portion of, so really for us to win this battle. I never thought battle, about it like that, that it's such a small portion of our country. I would never think about it like that. Yeah, there's not much of us. So w the way for us to win is we need partners. Yeah. We need people to come help. Yes. Our, yes. our, our yes. former history, they knew that. Yep. And they got other people to march with us. Yep. And right now the world is, is marching with us. And that's the way we can affect change. Yeah. Other people will say, well, there's all different type of guerrilla tactics we can take. Well, we don't want to take guerrilla tactics. Right? <laughs> we want to take the, the peaceful method where we can get what we need and deserve as a community and everyone is safe in the process. Yeah. So just, just remember, there's not that many of us. I mean, I've, I've got friends that had, I, I've met people who didn't meet a, a, an actual black person in person until they were an adult. I know several because that's okay. They live in an area where we're just not there because yeah. there's not that many of us. It's, it's, um, I'm so glad you just brought this point up and this is the part where, I, I've really been proud to see, you know, people standing up and, and voicing their opinions despite the outrage from, you know, certain people. Um, if, you know, the way I can describe it is if, um, you know, if, if, you know, Greeks were getting hurt, right? Like, I would hope that people would step up and help us if that was something that was happening, right? We're all people. And the only way to help a small population, right, is for the rest of us to stand next to you, you know, to... to Pretty much. It's like, if we don't help you, you can't... You're you're the minority, right, in something. If, There's if not enough of us. We need, no. to, we need to be next to you guys. And when I see people Correct. marching with... You know, in the in the protests, you know, white, Indian, Hispanic, whatever it is, that is what America is supposed to be. We all come here, and we're a melting pot. Immigrants and and um, and all That's of us correct. are supposed to be That's together, one nation under God. <laughs> and so, I think if we as white privileged people do not stand next to our brothers and sisters our friends 
AJ, our friends Ebony, our friends Titus, our friends Bose, our all of Vin and his family. If I don't stand next to my friends and say, I'm not going to put up with this, I'm not going to watch this happen, then who's going to? That's the way it gets solved. And that's the only proper way it gets solved. And it's solvable. Yeah. It's, I mean, together, it's solvable. Individually, not so much. We're better together. But together, it's solvable. And Maria. And what? there's so many people. That's the light. The light in this moment is that there's so many people across the world that are standing up and saying, oh, that is enough. Yeah. Enough's enough. That is That is enough. And, you know, if we talk about, and we should probably talk about it, is the looters, the, 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 the protests that turned violent. Yeah. So I will tell you that I was there at the first protest in Los Angeles near the Grove that went to crap. I was there with Courtney. I was there with Jade. I was there what I would call on security detail. Because it's not someplace I would typically go from my experience in my military war stuff. I don't really go to things like that. But they were going to go regardless. So I went there with them. And I have a different set of eyes. Okay. So I was teaching them. I was pointing out to them the people who clearly don't belong there. Be concerned about those. If the weather was nice and hot, someone's in a full dress. They have on a jacket. They have on a full hoodie with a black and a cover. And they're walking by themselves. They're not walking with anyone else. They have bulges. I'm not condemning them. I said, be concerned about that person. So you can see all these people who they don't have a sign. They're not standing. They're not listening. They're walking through the crowd. Right? These are really clear signs that they're suspicious. I'm not saying guilty. Suspicious. Maybe they're on their way to meet someone. It's mm-hmm. not the point. But you you start paying attention. Then you start paying attention to the surroundings. So behind there, when you got into a, a clearing, well, oh crap, there's a big old parking structure over there. Well, remember Vegas. Okay, so the police should be there. That is a place where we could get picked off, right? So you, that's training, right? I have a different set of eyes, okay? So this, these are the things that have to be incorporated in the protest. The people who are protesting and they already have started to help, they can help prevent that because they can protest in areas where looting isn't easy to get to. Yeah. So in order for the looters to to destroy something, they have to break way off from the group. Yeah. And it is really obvious. Well, they use the good protesters as a distraction so they can rush off and go do their, their work. Right. So let's strategically find places where we could protest where looting is not easy. And I'm not saying that they haven't done that. I'm just telling you that there's ways that we can work together so that we can minimize that and not pe- put pe- people at risk. Because the, the officers, and one of the reasons why I believe they stay back a lot, is because a lot of the tools that they would normally use to enforce such things have been taken away. They can't really hit people without getting, and they shouldn't, and they can't really hold and restrain people. And, f- and for the most part, city control by a police department is mostly an illusion, because they are policing the small percentage of people that need to be policed. But if the entire city needs to be policed or a large portion, that's too much for the resources. Okay. So that is, so people need to understand that the majority reason why our country and our cities and our town are peaceful is because we decide to be peaceful. The vast majority of us 
decide that those rules are worth following and we follow them so that the few that don't can be handled by the few law enforcement that we have. The moment that switches, law enforcement gets overrun, cities get overrun, countries get overrun. So people who expect the police to be able to do everything don't understand the structure of a city and how it actually works. They have to do stuff too. They have to talk to that person and ask their son, were you out there looting last night? Ask their kids, where did you get that television? Now, don't get me wrong. Part of the reason is the COVID-19 shut down the city. People lost their jobs. Some of these people looting actually need money. That's not okay. That doesn't justify it. Yeah. Right. But they're cooped up and they, and the children and the young ones just give me a reason to explode. Right. So that exasperated the thing that made it worse. So we need to consider that as we try to diffuse it. Yeah. Not excuse it. Diffuse it. I get that. And AJ, there's part of me, I got to say, 5%, that almost feels like in a way some of this looting is justified. I mean, I'm so angry. Like when I hear that you worked your whole life to be able to drive nice cars and it's you can't because of the system in place, I kind of get why people would be angry enough to break into businesses, feeling like it's giving them some sense of control. And I got to say, for centuries, the community has nonviolently protested and it hasn't really worked. So... I, I kind of understand the mentality behind the aggression. Well, Jeff, there's a there's a few things going on that like are important to know in, in terms of like how protesting and how looting have their own role in how change is made. Because when you deal with when you're dealing with situations like this and you're dealing with so many times where change hasn't been made, the looting is a is a symptom of a greater issue. But really the money moves change. And if people don't make it obvious enough that you know you're not going to take it yeah and like when rich people get honestly when the rich people are the people who are finally being inconvenienced Mm -hmm. that's when they call the people that they're funding which are usually our government constituents which they're giving all the money to and they're keeping them elected uh and say hey this needs to stop that's when change starts being made is you have to make it a big enough inconvenience for the people who have the money and the power to make those moves. And something you said uh, earlier, AJ, really spoke to me when you said that this is the status quo. And Maria, you said that like when you would hope that if Greeks were getting attacked, you would people would stand up and help them. And I think in situations like that, because it's it would be something new, people would. But because currently this is the status quo, everyone who's not affected by it doesn't feel like it's something new that's happening for them to stop. They yeah. feel like this is the life. This is what it is. This is how this is normal. I'll let them deal with it. Well, yeah, like this is normal. It's not something new. So why am I going to get up to fight it? Yeah. Right. So like when it's the status quo, you have a lot less support because people don't feel like it's their battle. Now, if somebody was going out there and randomly started attacking Greeks and killing Greeks left and right, people are like, oh, this is new. This is something to get against and this is something to fight Maybe, against. Yeah. I just, I also think, um, I, you know, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> well, well, I, 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 that's, of course, that's true. And, but that's why the, because for the rest of the world, for the other parts of the world that are getting involved, it's actually not new for them. I mean, it's not old for them. It's newer for them, at least our portion of the yeah. cost, because they're not physically here. So that's a good thing. So maybe that's actually partially why they're involved. But I also believe 
that it has to do with the way communication works in this new, new day and age. It's just easy and flying through. Yeah. So I do. Oh, flying. I, do oh, I guess we shouldn't forget about SpaceX. I know we're going to totally but, talk about <laughs> SpaceX, but I um I do agree, and I told you AJ, and you were you were like I hate that that might have to be the truth, but I do agree that unless there are stakes in it for everyone, not just the black community, but for the white community, unless it's like gonna hurt us personally, no one's gonna move. And this is the point I was gonna make when I lost my train of thought is. We live in such an amazing time, right? Mm. Our lives are fabulous, right? We go to Starbucks, we get our coffee, we go on our vacations, we're doing, you know, all these fun things on Instagram and lives are awesome. Mm -hmm. And and so we want our fabulous lives to continue. We don't want them to be interrupted. So school shootings interrupt it. Racial violence interrupts it. Um, you know, the, the, the church, the church, you know, molestations interrupts it. Everybody just gets outraged for a minute and then they're like, oh shit, I want to go like back to playing Nintendo and having an awesome life. Like we don't continue holding on to things. And that's why nine days later, we're still here because people know that if they don't keep marching, shit isn't going to change. And we still don't have those other three officers arrested. George Floyd's family stood up today. I watched it on the news and they said, we are calling on the arrest of the other three. And the attorney general is supposed to make an announcement today. And you bet your ass, I bet they're going to say they're arrested because this is not going to stop until they do get arrested and they should be arrested. So I don't I don't disagree with that at all. I but I like to think long game, and I like to think fifty thousand foot, not just five feet away. And those people who are handling that know that if they go about the arresting portion wrong, then they could lose the case. And if they lose the case, this happens again, maybe worse. Because How would when they, they lose the case? Them, well, um, people get off for killing black people all the time, so. They could totally lose the case. <laughs> oh, so they're worried that if they arrest them and those guys are not penalized and and charged, and they get let then go, we do this again. Got it. And so they might think again, that it's a weak case. It's a precedent been set. Yeah. Got so it. we we not only need them to be arrested, we need them to be convicted. Yeah. Yeah. Because remember, in 1992, those LA riots started when the cops got off. Yeah. When it's st- <laughs> right. Oh. So I'm hearing in our chat that, that they, I'm hearing in our chat Tony Tang just said that they just charged the other three and they were arrested. I mean, as if I didn't know right like, in that moment. Seven yeah. minutes ago, all four former officers involved in George Floyd's killing now face charges. It's about time. It took nine freaking days. It took what five days for them to arrest, or four days to arrest um, Sheldon. Yeah. So I mean, I said this to you this weekend. Why haven't they arrested these guys so that? People feel like justice is going to be had. I mean, listen, we've been there before and it hasn't, but there's no way. There's no way these guys are going to get away with it this time. There's just no way. Maria, I I, I would love to have your type of optimism, but I don't want to make a prediction, but I will just tell you there's totally a way they that, can get off of it. I know. There they're is already a way. talking about, and I read this, they're already talking about the coroner says his cause of death was not asphyxiation. Well, so, if, if you read the fine print, though, because at first I was horrified. If you read the fine print, it said um, that it wasn't the cause of death, 
But because of his pre-existing conditions, the heart and all of that, along with the asphyxiation, it created it. So it was a part of it. And we all know because we're looking at it, we so, we have the video to know that if he didn't step on his neck, he wasn't going to die. Yeah, with his hands in his pocket. I, I get that. But we've got video of more direct killing of people chasing people down and hunting them and shooting black people. Or, or I'm sorry, I, I don't mean to tell you this, but it's just the truth. It's yeah, Historically right. speaking... I'm just talking You're right. what has happened before. Yes, they could get off. But Sorry. my belief is because of everything that's going on right now, and like we said, it's hitting people in their pockets, and it's unfortunate because, you know, as you know, there are casualties of war. There are really amazing people who were hanging on by a thread who now have lost their businesses um, as well, you know, black-owned businesses and, and such, um, I just can't imagine. I, I really, I mean, I, I think I'll pack up and move if that happens. I really don't think I'll, I'm not I'll stay leaving here. My country. No chance. <laughs> I'm not leaving America. No I, know. Way. I, I, I am. I'm, I was born here. My ancestors fought to stay here and live. And I fought for the country. And by the way, I fought for freedom. So when people say, well, the military, they, they fought for that flag and, and you can't do anything with that flag. No, I actually fought for freedom. I fought for the freedom for you to be an asshole to them and for them to not like it and for them to be an asshole to you and you not like it because that's freedom. So I fought. I'm staying. I'm not going anywhere. This is my country. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to build it. I'm a patriot for a reason. I got shot at enough for it. I'm not going anywhere. I love you. Okay, I'll stay with you and fight. I won't leave. Appreciate it. I wasn't going to leave, but I get so upset that that's the only way I can express it. But you're right. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think there's a chance that they, they don't get convicted. Oh, my God, Stephen. Really? No, yeah, honestly. He's only talking about reality. Because when you, look at, when you look at the police force as a whole and you look at the precedent that's been previously set, people there there is a case that lawyers will make that they were standing and they were under orders by Chauvin to to stand down or whatever whatever they're going to say because there's not a clear video that has all the conversation between the cops there is a clear video of George's death which completely is incriminating but you know how lawyers are Maria you know that the slightest the slightest bit of misinformation or witness testimony that kind of lays it out in a different way it's done and what are what are they going to do like it's a tight end police force they're going to just say oh three people backing up each other that's what it becomes. It becomes three three cops backing up each other. This 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 whole discussion is giving me gas. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. I, I was like in a really positive place uh, before that part. Um, let's let's also talk about black leaders that were elected yesterday. That was awesome, right? Huge. So, um, Maria, you sent me this. I started crying when I opened it. In Ferguson, the first female African American mayor was elected yesterday. That's however you feel about it. That's a pretty cool symbol. Yep. Yep. And then the mayor of uh, Berkeley, Missouri. Yep. Babatunde Diembo won the uh, election as well. I think. Wait, Jeff, you get an award. You actually know how to say her name, too. I friggin' love you. Because I'm name, looking yes. at it. Or his name. <laughs> yes. Sorry. I'm okay. looking at um, something else here. But I, uh, I was looking down at this and I'm like, I don't know how to say that name. <laughs> you know, if I did my job, I would have put a pronunciation guide in there. But... Oh, so see, you screwed me. It's there on me. You're going to have to watch the movie. It's on me. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's 
These are the I and AJ, I want you to speak to this too, but to me these are the kinds of symbols we have to lock our eyes on to create a sense of hope and optimism because I even like personally I, I'm like you, Maria, I want to do everything I can and I feel very, very angry. And I don't know. I, I don't always know what I can be doing or how I can be helping. AJ. So um the you have to hold on to things like that so that you cannot be angry. The anger isn't going to help you much, but you have to direct that anger to action that is not fueled by anger. Let me say it again, right? You have to direct that anger to action that's not fueled by anger. Yeah. And that action could just be simply communicating or doing the job that you're doing right now or or having an understanding that you can spread. That's that, When you get anger behind it, anger is the destroyer of your thinking. So you, you can't think clearly through anger. And in order to be strong, you have to be calm. And you have no idea how long it took me to learn that one. Yeah. But in order to be strong, you have to be calm. So by all means, use it, but don't let it fuel it. And I think for us, it's, it's you know, it's, uh, it's kind of like, you know, what is it in the army? They're like, no man, leave no man behind or... What's, what's yeah, no man left behind. Comes home. No man left behind. Like we can't leave our our friends behind. So if you're seeing injustice, if you're hearing injustice, if you're hearing slurs, if you're hearing racist remarks or whatever, you have to stop it. Like stop it. Like catch that ball in your fist. Like psh, nope, not happening around me. Not happening. You know, I I you know that's like the least. I, I hear you, do. Maria. I just want everyone to not expect overnight change. Because if you expect that, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah, It has to be gradual change. If everyone expects that this stuff is going to stop today and never happen again, then you're setting yourself up for some anger coming soon. But we have to create change that's sustainable change over time and continues. I love it if all of a sudden no another black person never gets attacked and hurt again. Historically, not likely. But it's okay. Let's all together agree to make a systematic change that can make long lasting change. Cause if we make a quick change, then we can have the rubber band effect and it'll just go back to where it was. So let's just sustain together. Can we end on a funny note? Sure. Sure. So, a joke? Um, there was, uh, some really amazing, and I should have sent it to you guys, but I, I'm only thinking about it right now. There was an amazing, um, bust that Barstool busted this girl. And this is just a symptom of the disgustingness in our society. Um, this girl went up to a construction worker who was, you know, boarding up a business or cleaning up a business. And she asked him if she could hold his drill and take a picture so she could put on Instagram that she helped with the cleanup effort. And her boyfriend or husband took the photo of her and they got back into their Mercedes and said, thank you so much, and like rushed off. And the squirrel is supposedly a journalist who's now like made her account private. But Ava DuVernay, you're right. There you go. Um, she posted it. It was so disgusting. So uh-huh. embarrassing. There's another girl. Yep, this is the other footage. There's another girl who had her boyfriend or husband take a picture of her just staring at the destruction from behind. I I I, I just can't. I was I was texting it with some girlfriends yesterday and I was just like, what the F is wrong with people? 
Smash T-Mobile. Look at this. <gasps> Can you see these? All right, let's go. Let's go get a. God. Let's go get a macchiato. This girl is making her boyfriend. Wait, you got to find the other one too, um, Jeff. I have it. I can send it to you right now, Stephen. Of uh, wow, that's great. These unbelievable. This one's the best. If you can see this, you're gonna just die, Stephen. Should I text it to you? Uh, if you can email it, I'm I'm trying to find it right now. I might on Ava Duvernay's Twitter. I'll put it in our Slack right now. Does that help you? That does not help me. Okay, well, perfect. Um, AJ, being our resident um, tech expert knows i'm sure all about slack yeah i have several slack accounts of course we're ready to communicate from my staff why didn't you teach me about this before we just got on it and i'm obsessed it's like life-changing in terms of emails and stuff there's lots of different platforms i actually didn't choose slack my cto did Uh so i put him in charge of that so okay so here's the girl are you watching this yeah he's seeing it thank you so much and and she goes off with her boyfriend for Instagram. Good job, guys. In their Mercedes. Good job, guys. <laughs> Good job, guys. I I'm so embarrassed. I am so disgusted, and I just it made me question any girl I had seen on Instagram that was like cleanup crew. I did go through, um, and I I was on another note, so that was just me wanting to express my disgust. Um, I did go through Van Nuys yesterday. And it was so clean and everybody had cleaned up. And that was another beautiful thing that I saw. And it started, I think, in Minneapolis where you saw the communities come out and clean up and help each other. And I will lend on that note, which, again, we are better together. Yeah. And yeah. Um, you'll get that community. Yeah, absolutely. And we all do want to help each other. And um, and I, I really I am hopeful and I'm praying hard that um that we're going to see the change that um, is needed and is deserved and um, and is right. So, AJ, I love you. Yes, ma'am. I thank you for hey, joining. I, you're very welcome. And uh, and I hope um, I hope we can uh, get together very soon and talk about other stuff like SpaceX. And Absolutely. And other tech stuff. So we'll do like a whole tech SpaceX. I know Steven's like dying to, but we're so out of time at this point. I miss, I miss talking to AJ. The, the deep conversations, <laughs> they get a little crazy. I know. I know. I, um, right. I, I, I'm sad because I was, I was planning for us to do something for my birthday this weekend, which is also Steven's birthday. Um, but, you know, celebrating anything right now doesn't seem um, appropriate. Appropriate. Um, yeah. but we will, at some point, Kevin said, we're just going to postpone it and, mm-hmm. uh, and we will get together and have those amazing AJ conversations that, I mean, we, we uh, love so much. We shut down after buzz for the next week. Yeah. 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 And kind of hard to we talk nev- about superfluous things right now. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so we yeah, we made a decision to shut it down, shut it down. But uh, thank you, AJ. Yeah, that's a song by uh, by EP by uh, Public Enemy. <laughs> All right, I love you. My love to the girls. Love you too. And we'll talk. Good to soon. see you guys and, and hear you guys for the ones I didn't see. Yeah, <laughs> see you too, AJ. Thank you. All right, guys. If you want to know more uh, about AJ or interact with him at all, you can go to his social media at AJ Jolivet. We will put that in the 
summary. So you can just click the link. Um, you know, he is a black belt collective Krav Maga expert um, down in Huntington Beach. I'm sure he could train you if you're in the area. Um, but uh, thank you guys for joining us as always. Tomorrow, we um, have a show planned. I don't know what's going to happen. We're just kind of flying by the seat of our pants. But um, depending on how we feel, we have world-renowned psychologist Dr. Dan Siegel. Um, and uh, his work is really foundational for a lot of the experts that we have had on the show. He talks about the brain. And um, I, I've been riveted reading his book. Um, and it's really helping me understand my mom and some of her cognitive stuff. Um, so I'm really excited to have that conversation with him, but we'll see. We'll see how we feel tomorrow. Thank you guys for joining us. Love you. Be nice people, make good choices and be present. <laughs>